more than anyone else I've ever known, you have caused me to question what I say all the time, which is that everybody is a writer. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. On today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, I'm so excited to introduce you to the one, the only, my husband, Matt Ford. I'll preface this by saying that when I started this podcast, my husband is the last person I ever dreamed I would have as a guest here for reasons that will become clear as you listen to the story that he will tell you today. Not only is he not someone who would typically call himself a writer, but in fact, it took a global pandemic, a loss of over a million dollars, and a complete redirection of his career for him to even admit that writing could potentially have a positive impact on his life. In this episode, you'll hear him talk about how writing helped him gain clarity about the direction he was going in his life, how it helped him stay positive in the midst of some pretty dire circumstances. He'll talk about how he addressed the lies that he'd been believing about himself and the world, and he'll talk about how it helped him to make some pretty big life choices as he moved forward. That said, to me, here's what's even more incredible than all of that. Not only did Matt have a personal transformation through his own process with writing, he also found himself working on a creative project completely out of the blue. In fact, as he was working on it, he wasn't even sure what it was at the time he was writing it. But this became a project that he's now calling Bonfires, a 12-week personal growth program that helps people discover more wonder and purpose in their lives. I'm so excited for you to hear more about Matt's journey and more about Bonfires. Isn't it true that it's so often our own healing that paves the way for how we can serve and inspire others? And that's certainly true with Matt. I know it can be true for you too. So if you are one of those people who swears you aren't a writer, but you're also the kind of person who wants to heal and inspire other people, and especially if you're the kind of person who wants to become the best version of you that you can possibly be, I don't want you to miss today's episode. I know you're going to love it, and as a happy little addition, I get to introduce you to my husband. So, okay, here we go. Let's dive right in. Okay, so... I'm here with my husband, Matt. Hi, Allie. Nice to see you. You look lovely this evening. So do you. (laughs) Actually, truth be told, (laughs) we just spent the day in the car with an infant and a dog, and we both look a little worse for the wear, if I'm being real. Yes, a trip to Santa Barbara um, is supposed to take two hours each way, (laughs) and I would say it took about, we were in the car for six to seven hours total. Yeah, we were. Yeah. We were. Just takes yeah. time. It's a it's a new it's a whole new world. Mm, but it sure is. But I love you, babe. I love you too. I would love to talk to you about the writing process. And part of why I wanted to chat with you is because more than anyone else I've ever known, you have caused me to question what I say all the time, which is that everybody is a writer. Mm. And the reason that you've caused me to question that is because 
I obviously love you and respect you a ton. And when you and I first started dating, I could tell that you weren't totally convinced about this whole everybody's a writer thing that I would say. And you were obviously, I guess not obviously, you were incredibly supportive of me in every way. I would go teach these writing workshops and you never acted like you thought it was weird that I was doing it, but I always got the impression that you were like, I'm not one of your people, <laughs> so don't try to talk me into it. Yeah. And then even over time, as we got closer, I would still suggest at certain points that maybe you try the, the practice of writing yep. as a way to gain clarity in your life or perspective or whatever, and you would kind of politely decline. And so over time, I just started to go like, maybe he's right. Maybe there just are people for whom this practice doesn't really, it just doesn't really do it. It's not the thing that calls you in. It's not, it doesn't sound fun to you. And, mm. and you know, why try to talk someone into doing something that doesn't seem inviting or fun for them. And then the story you'll tell today, I hope is the one where things kind of turned for you and you, you entered into this process. So that's really what I'd love to dive into. Um, sure. Maybe can, can we start all the way back at the beginning, and I'd love to hear you say what was going on in your head when you first met me and heard about the work that I do. Sure. I, as you were talking, I was thinking, it's almost like one of, when you have a few things in your tool belt already that help you process life that work, i.e. therapy or meditation or you know, some people, you know, meditation and or prayer or, sure. you know, or exercise. Like you, you could go down a long list of things that, that work for you or they worked for me. And writing was never one of those things. So I felt like I'm doing okay. Why do I need to process <laughs> what I'm doing or how I'm feeling through writing? So I think for me, it wasn't that I didn't, believe you or believe that writing was helpful, I think it was one of those things, it was twofold actually. It was, uh, I've got my things that help me. I've got my little tool belt already assembled. Sure. So I'll start, I'll just keep those because it's comfortable and easy. And the truth is, number two, yes, 100%, I did not feel like I would be a good writer. I felt <laughs> like writing was for smart people. <laughs> I didn't classify myself as a smart human in that, in that, you know, I wasn't in that realm of, of human. Got it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think it's one of those things where smart people write books. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there are so many different kinds of smart, mm -hmm. but I think I hear what you're saying. I think one of the misconceptions people have about writing is that you have to be like a verbal linguistic, a verbal linguistic learner, or that has to be the way your brain functions in order to be really good at writing a book or in order to be deserving of writing a book. And the truth be told, there's something about someone who's like a verbal linguistic learner that they, they tend to be great communicators. Mm. So these tend to be the people who are more often than not standing on a stage speaking for a living or who are you know, sitting at the computer. It does take a certain type of person to want to sit at a computer and pontificate upon things all day long and, and you know, tell stories about their life. Yeah. <laughs> However, you know, the thing that I um, 
preach or sing from the rooftop, shout from the rooftops, whatever, um, over and over again is really more about having a message to share or a story to share with the world. Mm. And writing is just one incredible medium with which we can do this. And it's not just about communicating a message, although that's part of it, but it's also about unearthing the message that there is to communicate. So whether or not your writing is ever a thing that you pass on to another person to say, this is what I've been trying to say all along and I said it perfectly. So read this thing. It's more about helping you understand what you've been trying to express all along. And I've watched that happen for you in this past six months. So let's back up to the beginning of the beginning of the six months. Like, so the start of all of this, when you decided you wanted to start writing as a tool for personal growth, what happened in March of this year? Yeah. Well, besides the obvious, (laughs) everybody had something happen in March this year, but I run an experiential marketing agency, which means we help brands create experiences for their consumers, which means it's imperative that thousands of people are gathered Mm. in one space at a time. You're working at mostly major cultural events. Major cultural events, festivals, San Diego Comic-Con, events like that. Coachella would be another one. We haven't been there in a while, but South by Southwest would be another big one. Uh, events like that. And we're creating experiences there for consumers. And when coronavirus was kind of making its way over here, South by Southwest was canceled on March 6th, I believe. I'm, I could be wrong. So those listening, you can correct me. But uh, when that happened, it was like the, our industry kind of just knew we're done. Yeah. For South by to be canceled, it was like, oh, this is no joke. It's completely unprecedented. Yeah. It's never happened it's never before. It's never been canceled yeah. before in the history of South by. And so, and as everybody knows now, uh, everything got canceled. So, especially in our world. So, I, I knew right away that I was going to have to figure something out. And what ended up happening a couple of days later, because of coronavirus, I had close to a million dollars in business canceled all on the same day. And we left our offices. I laid off my team. Yeah. It was really rough. I mean, you remember. I do. I remember that day very <laughs> yeah. vividly. You came home. I was oblivious. We were filming for Prepare to Publish. And so we had a whole film crew in the house. All, all these people in the house. I hadn't really been following even the news as it was unfolding. And then you came home and you you had lost a million dollars in business. You're um, having to take quick action to keep your business from going under. And you were also, you know, a, a day or two before the rest of the world, you were like, we should be stocking our freezer. We need to go buy toilet paper, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like the world is coming to an end. And yeah, I was I was completely oblivious, but I I just see- wanted to interject. I, we were not one of those hoarders. We were not <laughs> no. buying loads of toilet paper. No, we bought enough. Yes, so that we- <laughs> yes. I just want to make it clear. <laughs> I didn't. Um, I didn't lose it completely. No, you didn't. You were just just you did what everyone did. Yes. A day and a half later, but all that to say, so you you kind of saw the writing on the wall that things were not going to go back to normal anytime yes. soon. Yeah. For you, at least. Correct. So what did you do next? Well, what's really hilarious, I think, is I hired a business coach. Like two days. 
I, I hired a business coach. Um, it was before March. So it was like okay. end of February. And I hired her and I, I took the jump and I'm like, look, I'm going to hire her. I'm going to bring her on. I'm going to have her help me make OA a better, that's my company, OA Experiential, make OA a better company. I want to be a better leader. And she really focuses more on soul work and, you know, getting more in touch with who you are. So I hired her and paid her in full for six months, <laughs> end of February. What ended up happening, she, completely separate from you, pulled me aside and, uh, you know, technically over email, pulled me aside <laughs> and told me that I need to write down my journey of what was about to unfold. I need to write it down. And her words were, because if it can help you, there's a good chance it could help others. Mm. So you never know what might come out of this. Wow. And you said the exact same thing. You said you need to, if you can, you should be writing through this, this experience and writing through this journey. So that's, you know, I think common, you hear something from your spouse over and over again, and then you hear something from some, the same thing from someone else. And finally, that's what tips you over the edge. But I also know because I'm your spouse and I was here with you through the season that you didn't start writing right away. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that keep all of us from sitting down to actually do it. Even if, even once we become convinced that this could be helpful for us, there are a whole host of things that keep us from doing it. So talk about what was going on in your head during that time or what was keeping you from. I think just so I can be transparent with your audience, I don't, it was very stop start. I remember being very dedicated to doing morning pages for a while, mm-hmm. literally just writing free flow for 20 to 40 minutes as long as I could. And I did a great job for about three weeks. And then I kind of trailed off and it became a burden again. And it became, mm. it be, I felt a lot of resistance to it. I didn't want to do it. And Do you know why that happened? Did something occur outside of your writing that made you feel that way? Or Honestly, I think... It, I just chalk it up to the kind of low-grade depression that coronavirus has given most people. I think this has not been an overly depressing season, but there has been moments of like, oh my God. Yeah, sure. (laughs) And I think so what I chose to do instead of work through it through writing, I chose to shut down, which is what I, that's what I do when I stress out. (laughs) I just kind of turn off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's what so many of us do. I think that's the challenge of, it's the invitation of writing, right? Is to stay present to what's going on. Because as you're writing the words down on the page, it's reminding you of what's true. It's reminding you of how you really feel. It's reminding you of what you think. It's reminding you of what's going on. And that's the invitation of writing. It's the challenge of writing. And then what so often we want to do during a time, especially a time of high stress or anxiety is to turn away from those things. So turn away from what's true, what's really happening, how we feel. And so we turn to things like alcohol and TV and our phones and whatever. And I actually think to a certain extent, those are really intelligent coping mechanisms that we have. Yeah. You know, when there's the intensity of something like what we're walking through collectively as a world right now, you have layers and layers and layers of challenges and trauma and obstacles and, you know, all these things that we're, we're walking through. And 
there's a certain intelligence to saying like, I can't process or metabolize all of this right now. Mm. So I'm going to turn off my brain mm. for a period of time yeah. and do something that doesn't require me to, to face all of the reality of what's happening. So anyway, I just wanted to say that, that there's a certain intelligence to that. It's a sort of ebb and flow of coming, coming to the page, seeing what you can see, and then pulling away and taking some time off and then coming back when you feel able. But did, did you feel like there were times when you walked away from the writing, not as a coping mechanism, but just, or like, I guess I'm trying to get at the difference between like a healthy coping mechanism, Mm. like giving yourself space and time versus just avoiding it because it's easier. There were times when I felt inept as a writer. Mm. So it felt frustrating to go back to the page. Yes. Does that make sense? So I'm sitting here going like, I would reread what I wrote. (laughs) I'd be like, wow, that's crap. (laughs) And I know you're not supposed, like morning pages, you're not supposed to reread it. Yeah. But I, I would. Because yeah. I'm just like, is this any good? Like, what would happen you're if human. I? Yeah, it also contributed to it, for sure. Sure, and that's also really common and normal. Yeah. To um, the phrases that I hear over and over again are, you know, I'm not a real writer. Mm. Nobody's ever going to read this. Uh, this isn't any good anyway. Someone else has written about this exact same topic and they've done it better than I could. So, really, the same kinds of inner dialogue that keep all of us from coming back to the page. But you you did keep coming back. I did. So what was the motivation, the days that you did come back? Or yeah, what was it that drew you back? Well, in the very beginning of, um, if you want to call it, lockdown, COVID, the whole <laughs> world shutting down, um, you remember I had the idea for bonfires, which is what I've created out of this season. And... What was really interesting for me is that I was watching myself live bonfires. It was like, it was like this, I don't know how to explain it, but this unavoidable collision Mm. (laughs) of, I have this idea of what bonfires is supposed to be, this like self-development, personal growth type of program. And then I'm watching myself go through the program. Let's back up a little bit so that listeners can understand exactly what you're talking about because a couple things I want to clarify. Number one, I don't think you knew that it was a personal growth program when no. you were writing it. You you knew it was something, yes. but you didn't know what it was. And the reason that I clarify that is because I think a lot of listeners are going to resonate with that sense. Even people who kind of think that maybe they're writing a book, but but they'll they'll come to us and want help with that. But they're like, I don't actually know what this is. Like, I think it's a book, but is it a book? And it doesn't, it, you know, it feels like maybe it's a book, but it doesn't have any clarity yet. And that's really similar to what you were saying to me about this, what's now become this personal growth program called Bonfires. You didn't really know what it was. And in fact, for a while, you didn't have a name for it, but you just knew that you were writing something mm-hmm. that you thought maybe would be helpful for other people. So I'm going to back up to the beginning of that story too, and kind of I'd love for you to talk about how bonfires came about because it existed before, sort of, in theory, before quarantine even happened, before we found out about COVID, before... The birth of it was really on our honeymoon. Yes. Talk about that. So we were in um, Patagonia for our honeymoon, which 
whenever we can travel again, whoever's <laughs> listening, whatever you have to do, get down there. It's the mm-hmm. most stunning, it's gorgeous place. We were in Patagonia for our honeymoon, and we stayed at this hotel um, just outside Torres del Paine Park. And it was unbelievable. It was simplistic. It was beautifully designed. Um, no televisions in the room, completely green. Everything was included. All the excursions, all your meals, alcohol. And when I, tell, when I say that, I don't mean like a, you know, all-inclusive down in Mexico. It feels very, very different. It feels very um, well thought out, very hospitable. Uh, it did not feel like it was in, in no way, shape, or form this party hotel. No, it's <laughs> like the energy was really different, right? It was a very grounded energy. Yes. The people who come there are coming to be in nature. So yes. they're going to go on these epic hikes. I mean, we went on a 14 mile yeah. People, round trip. Uh, yeah. Let's put this. People are not staying out till four o'clock in the morning no. and getting absolutely hammered. No. It's no. a very different vibe because people yes. want to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go on a full day excursion into the mountains. Yep. So it has a different energy, like you said. Anyway, I was super inspired by this all inclusive in the wilderness like working really, really hard physically and being super intentional that way, but then coming back to the most lovely hospitality. Mm. And it was really, it was incredible. I was inspired by it. I'm like, do I want to own a hotel? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I remember you saying to me on the honeymoon, like, why don't we have hotels like this in the United States? Yeah. Like, it, why aren't there hotels like this at every national park? Yeah. And that was really the beginning. You started to, we started to talk about together. It was mostly you talking, me listening, but about what it does for your spirit and your soul when you have connection with other people, Mm -hmm. you're out in nature Mm -hmm. and you are well taken care of Mm -hmm. and you have a disconnect from technology Yes, and you can just be and have great conversation and have, you know, like a glass of whiskey or a glass of wine, but it doesn't have to be, you're not like out at a bar partying till, you know, two in the morning. Whatever. Sure. So we started talking about like what, what happens for a human spirit when you're in that environment. And I think that's when, you know, you were like, what a perfect environment to invite people into a process of change and growth. Mm-hmm. And this exactly. was before your process of change and growth really yeah. Okay, so we come home from the honeymoon mm-hmm. and you've got this idea in your head of this kind of like a wilderness experience maybe that you want to create for people. Then COVID happens, you're you lose a million dollars in business, you lay off your team, you come home and you're sort of on and off writing and what starts to emerge or what starts to happen for you? I think first things first that happened for me was I very quickly realized that I was living a life I did not want to live. Mm. Not from a standpoint of being married to you and having a baby on the way, like in our the life that we were building, but I did not, like I was building a company in an industry that I did not really want to be in. Mm. And I started to realize that the motivations that I had were motivations that I never really wanted. The goals that I had were goals that I never really wanted. It was a harsh pill to swallow, but I'm so grateful Mm. that I was forced to deal with that. 
What were some of the symptoms of living a life that wasn't the life you wanted or living someone else's dream? Mm, that's a good question. I think I, I felt really disconnected from myself. I was working, you know, around the clock for the most mm-hmm. part. Uh, a little more stress than I needed to be. Um, yeah, I think I was just a bit, somewhat of a shell of a human. I think mm-hmm. a, a little sidebar. I remember listening to. I was very lucky to have a group of guys kind of speaking to my life over like some really smart things that I could do to help grow my business. And this was back in 2018. And I listened to the recording of me talking about the business and I'm like, I don't know who that person is. Wow. That's not Matt Ford. And there, I think what began to unravel for me in 2020 is I have so gone down a path that I never wanted to go down, but I've been going down it for the last five or six. Well, really, if you think about it for the last 11, 12 years, and I, it's almost like I've kind of Mm. shape shifted into this different human. And by, you know, the grace of God (laughs) had everything taken away from me and was forced to look at the truth. Speaking of the power of writing it down, I'm just remembering now that during quarantine, you found a bunch of old journals. You were reading through old journals and Mm -hmm. you found a little note from yourself that you had written down in, what year was it? 2012. And what did it say? I want out of this industry. I will never work in this. In- I want whatever whatever I have to do, I want to get out of this industry. And I've been in the industry since 2009. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So just speaking of the power of writing it down, it's crazy how the things that come out when writing are often the most true, even mm-hmm. if we can't live them as truth in our life just yet. There was something else that happened in 2018. The reason I want to bring it up is because I think sometimes – life is kind of trying to get our attention a couple of times Mm -hmm. before we finally surrender to it. And you had something happen in 2018 that was coaxing you in this direction too, even before Mm -hmm. the drama of 2020 hit. Uh, Yeah. In 2018, my company was exploding. We had booked four multi-million dollar projects all at San Diego Comic-Con. And we had another big project in Milwaukee and they were all happening at the same time. And, Literally the exact same weekend. <laughs> so we were, we had grown from just me in a 400 square foot apartment the year before. Like just you like working on your laptop from your <laughs> Pretty apartment. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And then I, we, then I moved to the house that we're in now. Yeah. And halfway through that year and would have people come over to the house and work out of the house. And then the following year was when we just exploded and we had mm. 25 people working full time from March through like end of August. And because there was so much business that came in, I ended up making some very interesting choices. Yeah. What were the decisions that you made? I chose to hire a company that I've never worked with before. And the reason that sound that doesn't sound like that big of a deal is I have I don't know if people say Rolodex anymore, but I have a contact <laughs> list a mile long of very, very qualified vendors that I work with um, that have served me well over the last 11 years and never failed me, always done a great job and all across all different disciplines. 
in the biggest, most important year <laughs> in, when everything was on the line for my company, yeah. I made the choice to hire a company I've never worked with who, and I also, I gave them like 90% of the business, which, I mean, Allie, I don't, it's, it's a strange, in hindsight, I still don't know why I made that choice. Yeah. It's, it, it baffles me that I was like, yeah, I think we should go ahead and work with them. And, Mm. you know, it came down to their pricing and whatever, but even still, I knew better. Yeah. Anyway, you can see where this is going. Yes. It, it all fell apart. Lots of problems. The analogy that I give is if you put someone on the back of your motorcycle and you take them at 185 miles an hour somewhere, even though if you get there safely, they're never going to want to ride on the back of the motorcycle again. <laughs> Am I right? That's a good analogy. Yes. Yes. Well, that's pretty much what happened to multiple clients. So we got them to the finish line, but the stress and the anxiety of getting to the finish line was so overwhelming mm. because the ball was dropped on so many different levels and we were scrambling to pick up the pieces. As you know, you were there. I worked for yeah. 56 hours straight to try and clean up these messes. I was totally going against my integrity. I ended up lying to one of my clients to save face. I mean, it was just... It was it was a disaster. It was I've a disaster. Like and I... You also saw, I like, I sobbed, which yeah. I don't do. I actually didn't see you. You didn't oh, that's sob correct. in front of me. Yeah. You I sobbed. Cleverly. Yeah. Because also, so the, the projects in San, Diego, in San Diego for Comic-Con were all falling apart. I also yes. got a phone call. I forgot about this. The project in Milwaukee, my producer calls me and he says, a freak storm came through here blew everything over, and most of the stuff is damaged. What do you want me to do? This was like a 2020 <laughs> thing that happened outside of 2020, but isn't that just the theme of 2020? It has been, yes. I do think it's interesting that your life was trying to speak to you in that season. This happens to us all the time, right? Like we have something that our intuition, our subconscious is trying to say to us, and then we find a, a way to go, no, thank you. I'm not ready to hear that. And then fast forward a few months and your life will try to speak to you again. Yeah. And it's just a matter of time before well, we... It's true. And I, I you know, and I don't want to, like, at the end of the... I want to be very clear. At the end of the day, I made that choice. Yes. I stand by... I have to take responsibility for the choices that I made. It is... The reason it is strange, it's because I have never made a choice like that before in mm. the however many years I've yeah. been in this business. Yeah. And I don't... I don't say that for pity. I say that just because I think you're right that I somehow knew deep down that I didn't want to be in this business. My goals changed. And really what I mean is, is I stopped, like I started a way, if I'm honest, judge me all you want (laughs) to make a lot of money. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. That's why I started a way. I thought, you know what? I'm going to grow this thing as big as I can and then I'm going to sell it. You know, and I was like, that was my way of like giving myself an out because I knew even when I started the company that I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And what's happened now is I I think I care so much more about family. I care so much more about connecting with people. I care so much more about 
building a life that has purpose and meaning instead of building a life so that I can have a boatload of money in the bank. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? It makes total yeah. sense. You know what? This I'm thinking about our day today. We drove up to Santa Barbara. We've got a baby in the back seat. She's, you know, back and forth between being happy and unhappy, but for a good portion of the day, she was crying. The dog's trying to climb on you, trying to climb on me. I'm like pumping milk to give to our daughter. It's spilling on the car. It's like a very chaotic, Mm -hmm. not glamorous, not quote unquote dreamy kind of day at all. And yet the life that we're living and building in general is one that is true to it's with it's in integrity with what we really want Mm -hmm. and what we care about and i wouldn't trade a single element of our life for the world it means everything to me so i'm comparing that to a job situation where you're building a company you're sort of like slogging away putting in the hard work because for what because you're you're not really passionate about it you just want to sell it at the end of the day i'm wondering if that's the difference if it's just about like the energy with which we approach the things that we're doing, that it's not about creating a life where everything is hunky-dory all the time and it's, you know, rainbows and unicorns and nothing ever goes wrong and I'm just happy and full of joy all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's about finding a path where you like the direction you're headed. (laughs) Yeah. I think everyone has their own unique and innate desires. And I think at some point... in life, we either walk away from them or we we run into them. Mm. That's a great way to say that. Yeah. Okay, so I want to bring this back around to what we were originally talking about, which was the power of the writing process to put you in touch with exactly what you're talking about, the the path in life that you want to be on. And that's exactly what it's done for you, which is why I wanted you to come and share your story today with our listeners. Because... You you did several times over the course of the last six months come back to the writing process again and again, mm-hmm. and you wrote about what was happening in your life, what you were experiencing, what it was like to let go of your business. You wrote through the grief, the frustration, the anger, the pain, the whatever, mm-hmm. and and talk a little bit about what's happened for you, like what's come out of that for you personally, and then um, and bonfires. For me personally, I think it's been, um, I'm assuming a lot of the people who listen to this are into the Enneagram. <laughs> so I'm an Enneagram 9 with an 8 wing. The 8 wing helps me do business. <laughs> but that means that so often I am not in touch with my own feelings. You know, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Sally will ask me or tell me. There's something wrong with you. I'm like, no, there's not. <laughs> I'm like, you're mad. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm not mad. And then I have to go away and be like, am I mad? <laughs> um, <clears throat> but what the writing has done for me is it's helped me get in touch with what I'm feeling. It's helped me get in touch with my emotions. It's helped me, I think, communicate a little bit better with you, hopefully. You would I would agree. second that. There's been a lot of other things that have contributed to that as well. A little plug for Onsite here. If anyone <laughs> wants, wants to check out Onsite, I highly recommend it. Miles is a great guy, and I highly recommend Everyone should on-site. go, honestly. It should be, like, replaced for middle school. <laughs> Everyone should go on instead. So I think for me, I just began to get in touch with who I am more and more through the process of writing. I began to discover more about my true self. than I, I, I That part of me that's been lost for so long, I've kinda, I just was able to rediscover it. 
I love it. Yeah. And so you gained all this clarity and a sense of purpose and direction. And you even told me on a couple of different occasions that you were feeling much more joy and engagement with your life. You felt less attached to your technology. There were all these positive benefits that came for you. But then also you started to see this program emerge that taking us all the way back to what we were talking about in when you were in Patagonia, that you'd had this sense that when you can get people out into the wilderness and when you can connect them with other people and get them away from their technology, that what a what a right place that is for spiritual growth and development and personal growth and development. And so then you start writing out your process through, you know, over the course of quarantine, you start seeing a process emerge. So it seems like the same process you're walking through is a similar process to what other people could walk through. Mm -hmm. What happened for me with bonfires is I looked up the definition of bonfires. And I know that sounds funny because it's like, whoa, what what were you hoping to find? (laughs) (laughs) It's a fire. (laughs) And what was super fascinating to me is it said it's a fire that's used to burn trash a fire that's used to send a signal and a fire that's used to celebrate. (laughs) And it didn't, it took, it it was like an immediate light bulb. I was like, Oh my goodness, that's the journey that I've been on. And I'll explain why, (laughs) but burning the trash is this idea of getting rid of the lies, getting rid of all the crap that has accumulated in your life over the years and burning it. It's like, it's like uh-uh, I'm done. I'm, I'm getting rid of this. I'm getting rid of the lies. I'm getting rid of all these things. And then it's uh, sending a signal is setting your intentions. Hmm. And that's exactly what I was doing as well. I was like, oh my goodness, I am resetting my intentions for the future. Like I know, I know that I don't want to go here, but I do know that I want to go here. Yeah. So it's, basically writing that out for myself and saying, this is what I want. This is where I want to go. And then the celebration piece, um, I found really hard, actually. Wait, can we go back to when (laughs) when we first mapped this out together? Because we did like my book in a day process, except for for the curriculum so that you could have a little structure to write with. And um, we thought, well, I told you that a lot of times when I work with authors, this last little portion of their work, whatever they're working on, hasn't happened yet. And the same was true for you. You had written through everything else, but the last celebrate part hadn't happened yet. And we thought that the celebrate part was going to be like receiving all of the blessings yeah. that come to you and, um, <laughs> you know, like that flood into your life. We were like, there are going to be new opportunities and new ways to make money and all these things. And, you know, I say that kind of lightheartedly because that's not how that it's not how the it's not what celebrate ended up meaning for you no but just to go back to that really quick i think what's really fascinating is the writing process for people and it you said you see it all the time with the authors you work with true and it happened with me but this bonfires curriculum was literally or a program i'm sorry i don't really want to call it a curriculum this bonfires program was literally my life i was it was i was with you mapping out my life yeah. over the last six months. And we got to the celebrate piece and I was, 
I, I knew that I wasn't at the very, very end. Yeah. The second to last part of celebrate is surrender. <laughs> because I think there's something really, really important about once you've kind of done all this work of burning the trash, then you've done this work of setting your new intentions. It's so important to surrender those new intentions. Yeah. Because if we hold on too tightly, we're going to strangle them. To what we think we want. Yes. Oh, that's good. And we're going to strangle them. And if mm. we... And I heard this from your friend, Ali Trowbridge. It's really our job just to steward our lives. Yeah. We are a steward. And there's so much that's out of our control. 2020 is... Is a perfect example of that. Smack dab in the middle of 2020. And there is... I can tell you right now, <laughs> I have no control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who thought they had control gave that up in 2020. Yeah. So the celebrate piece, what's really interesting from that I've learned is actually harder than it sounds. It's not just throwing your hands up and throwing back a couple of shots of whiskey. It's, <laughs> it's actually learning to surrender and allowing whatever comes out of that mm-hmm. to, be for, so to be filled with joy with whatever yes. comes out of that, gratitude, whatever comes out of that. It's, that's the celebration wow. piece. That just hit me in a new way. It's like, ce- it ce- can celebrate mean that you're learning to celebrate everything that happens mm-hmm. like celebrate even the things that feel hard or traumatic or mm-hmm. um that were the opposite of what you were looking for or yes <laughs> it's like a radical acceptance of all that is yeah oh, that's good and 2020 has been really hard it's been really hard to do that with 2020 yeah, yeah, yeah. you know we're currently looking out our windows at you know smoke yeah we're we're in a cloud of smoke i joked earlier today i'm like we all of California was like, no worries. We can adjust to doing our entire lives outside. And then 2020 was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, we're going to light all the fountains on fire. No, we can't go outside. I want to talk about, uh, really quickly, about what bonfires has become. So now sure. bonfires is a thing. You didn't know whether it was going to become a true thing when you were in the midst of writing this program, but it has become a thing. So tell us what it is. So bonfires, um, I believe that most people are living a life that they don't want to live. Most of my friends are living a life that they don't want to live. So many of us are living a life we don't want to live. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, bonfires is a um, personal growth program that helps you rediscover the wonder of who you are so that you can live your life with purpose, with meaning, with joy, Well, and the other thing I'll say too about that is I think all of us in one area of our lives are living a life that we wish we weren't. Yes. We're living somebody else's dream or we're living to make somebody else happy or uh, we're living a life we think, you know, our parents wanted us to live or whatever. Even if, like for me, I feel like professionally in my career, I took that leap a long time ago when I quit my full-time job to become an author, which has evolved into what I do with Find Your Voice. And I've had to take so many of the exact steps you're talking about, the the scary steps forward when you don't know how you're going to be able to make ends meet, trusting my own intuition in that. But just because I'm on that path in my career doesn't mean that in my personal life I haven't had to do the same thing. Or, you know, um, maybe it's even just one relationship for a person where mm-hmm. they are on a track and they know that they know that they know that they're not on the right track and they're having a hard time getting off the track. Um, 
I think that all of us can say that in one area of our life that that's true for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally think that bonfires will be a yearly process for me. Yeah. Until I die. <laughs> I don't see it as like a, you go through bonfires and you're healed. So, okay, I, going through bonfires uh-huh. involves, well, a couple different ways that people can do it. They can go through the um, at-home self-guided study, which is just going through the... Program. There's two versions of the at-home. So there's a totally self-guided, you will have access to like a group's, um, a community Slack group. Okay. Um, ideally, everyone would start at the same time. Okay. Um, it's 12 weeks long. Okay. And they will be out in January. So everyone will get their, everything would be shipped to, to their, you know, people's doorsteps by towards the end of the year this year okay. in December. So they'd be ready to start January, January. Kind of January uh, 4th, I believe okay. is that Monday, that week. Um, Perfect timing. Yes. New year. And then there's the community at home version. Okay. Which you'll have access to some special content. Um, there'll be weekly check-ins. Um, it's a little bit more uh, involved from a community standpoint. Okay. Community is a huge part of this experience. Yeah. Um, I really believe that it's it's in community that the healing is going to happen. So you can do the at-home self-study. That's totally fine. It's, it's not like it's not. I, don't, I think it'll still be beneficial. But doing the at-home community, I think there's a lot of value to having a group of people that you may know or may not know, may meet mm. or may never meet, yeah. um, that you can work through some of this stuff together. And then there's the, going to be the um, uh, the live in-person experience, which will be in January this year as well. And out in the wilderness. Sorry, January 2021. Out in the wilderness. Lots of meditation walks and yoga and A few adventurous and type things as well. Amazing. Yeah, it's going to be... I can't wait for that. Really fun. And... As we found out today, there may or may not be a private chef there as well. Yes. This is this was our secret mission to Santa Barbara was to check yes. out the location. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Even clouded in smoke, it's beautiful. That's true. So. so, yeah, I think I would just say, Allie, I think for a total non-writer, um, I still would call myself a non-writer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's so funny. And... I don't, um, I don't see myself ever writing a book. However, I will say that a regular practice of writing um, is one of the most beneficial things mm. that I've ever introduced into my, into my life. I love that. Yeah. Crazier things have happened than you writing a book. So <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. Matt Ford's yes. face is going to be on the cover of a book. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That sounds awful. It sounds like your worst nightmare. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> um, awesome. Where can people find out more information about bonfires? Website is wearebonfires.com. And the uh, Instagram is wearebonfires. Facebook, wearebonfires. Twitter, uh, you'll have to find. I can't remember what we're called on Twitter. <laughs> we just you, launched. You tweet very often. Yeah, I don't ever tweet. Um, okay, so wearebonfires.com. Find them on Instagram at wearebonfires. Also, if you pre-order a copy of my book, The Power of Writing It Down, you get a discount code. So you'll get $100 off any of the Bonfires programs. And Matt and I will both be there at the January 
live gathering and we would love to have you join us. It would be, it's going to be a blast. And you're also going to be involved in the I am. Uh, I do, yeah, I, community yep, stuff as I well. I teach some of the, the writing pieces. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that I got to introduce you to all of these people who I I'm, feel like I spend so much time with because I just think you, I have I obviously am biased, but I know that you have so much goodness to offer to the world that now um, that you're on this path, you're going to have even more opportunities to do that. So I'm really grateful that everybody got to hear from you and hear your voice. And um, thanks for spending some time with me tonight. My pleasure. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.